0: Hi folks, welcome to another edition of the Constos Convos podcast. Today's very special guest is Vito Lorenzo Malazzo. No, he's not a mafia hitman, he's a Scottish-Italian film director. His BBC show, Playing the Game featuring Gary O'Connor, was a great watch. Gary speaks candidly about mental health, money and drugs issues that he suffered during his playing career and what he's been up to recently. I highly recommend you checking out the show and, of course, this podcast. Big thanks for Vito for coming on the show to have a chat with yours truly. Really hope you guys can hang about to listen to the rest of the podcast.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the Constos Convos Podcast.
0: Vito, how are you doing, mate? All good in the hood?
1: Hi, Brian. How are you, man? Thanks for having me on. Mate, thanks for coming on. (laughs) No problem at all. Listen, if if people are listening to this, I want you to know it's going to be like a Darren Aronofsky film. The first hour is going to be boring and pretentious. Luckily, I've got some whiskey next to me. So come (laughs) back for hour two when uh, Brian has to call the lawyers.
0: It's going to be like a a Martin Scorsese movie. What is it with Italian names and directing cool shit for the TV? I don't know.
1: By the way, Brian, my Zoom's just switched off.
0: Mate, don't worry. I think we're recording this anyway. There goes the quality. This this guy's, uh, believe it or not, makes brilliant. Uh, what what, what, what is it, that was quite is it a short movie? What is that? The, the we're talking about Gary O'Connor. That was the first thing I watched. Aye, aye. Like, me and the missus watched fantastic wee documentary uh, on the BBC. Thanks.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate that.
0: Brilliant story. It says, my missus does like football. I've said this in the podcast. I love it. We're involved in it, but. What a great story! She was, she was quite. She didn't know who he was, or anything. And it's that boy's been through quite a bit, hasn't he?
1: Oh, well, Gary, honestly, if, you know, it was all the decisions Gary could make. I mean, I'll say this for the lad; he made the most entertaining ones eh, throughout, throughout his career. What a player! Absolutely great player. He, he had the misfortune of being a great Scotland team that just couldn't go the distance eh, in terms of getting to getting the major tournaments, but. He was, when you look at him you're like there's a, a good classic British centre forward you know um, I kind of forgot how good he was until I was looking at Archive uh, at the time he was in Russia uh, if people are listening don't know Gary Gary O'Connor played for Hibs first of all his, his boyhood club and then he moved to Locomotive Moscow he was the first British player to play in Russia and the form he had out there was, was outstanding. He was, if he'd stayed young
0: there, a young lad, he
1: was 22 when he went over, and if he'd just stayed in Russia, he said it himself, eh, I don't know if, we, if I we didn't have time to put it in the documentary, but he did wax lyrical about how good he could have been if he'd just stayed an extra year, but at the same time, fairness to Gary, Russia's quite far away, eh, and then unfortunately, you know, classic tale, young lad, he gets it all at an early age, and all the vices get get thrown at him and there's it's only so much he can take, you know. Such in a terms good of story that anybody could, in, anybody
0: could tune in. to Anybody could tune into that and watch it as proven by us that such a crazy story for a boy that as you said, big big lump could score, you know, he could put it in the back of the net. And you know, it was another thing as well, we've seen it, it was a wee picture who he was obviously good pals with Reardon who went on to play with Celtic <laughs> and was a very aye. talented boy that Yeah didn't quite hit the level he should have because he was very skillful. But what was that boy on the right hand side that pointed out to my missus? I said, There's Bruni there, Scott Brown. I do you know to be captain of his country, uh, captain of Celtic Cap- through one of captain the, the captain leader legend aye. Times, aye. and these guys yeah. growing up together, and it was a wee nucleus. And I, I, there's been a few boys, like I think Robbie Keane went to. Did He go to Italy as well when he was a teenager. I think he was nineteen Aye. or something. He went, he went big for Coventry to
1: Internazionale, yeah. Inter Milan. So there's
0: there's been a few of these guys, and he went on to have a really good career as well. But like Gary, it was just it was all coming back to me watching this and going, oh, I remember that. You know, the, the things he went through, and you know, and obviously guys like me it was like he talked about the drugs, like he'd done that. But a big thing that I liked that you put in the documentary was. The relationship he had with his uncle, yeah, one of these mentors where he was taking him to the football. I think they stayed together for a while, or did he stay with the dad Gary or something?
1: They did. The I mean, that was that was really important to me to keep that in because you know, whenever you talk about Gary O'Connor, you talk about like, you know a, a talent that never reached its full potential. And 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 we were just discussing there before the program started the program the podcast you know what I mean showing race it's all right mate don't worry I, and uh, we were just chatting there how like you know he, he has become a sort of shorthand for a sort of like washed out sort of footballer and uh, all the hits get played but you know I decided to look, to completely strip back his story and what happened was actually my my best mate my pal Richard Ellens, he, he got in and touched me I think maybe about 2016, 2017 and he said you never guess who's uh, got, got on the Facebook slid into my DMs <laughs> I'm like "I'm like, who, who is it thinking he's going to tell me some salacious stuff his wife's going to kill him for and he's like no Gary O'Connor and of course you know I, I, then I remembered uh, Richard went to school with Gary they played to each other at um, uh, under 12's level um, through various teams in East Lothian and That's in cool. Edinburgh and, and, and Gary and Richard were reconnected and you know Richard said, oh, I'm, I'm doing a master's in English, or I did a master's in English, and now I'm working in the oil industry, and you know, I wish I'd done a bit more with my degree, and Gary went, well, look, up. I think I've led quite an eventful life, so do you fancy, like, having a wee chat about writing a book? So, it's going. it's been delayed a couple of times, because uh, Gary's got quite a uh, prominent presence at Edinburgh Sheriff Court sometimes, so... You know that'll be coming out soon, but I said that you know, I, I was getting frustrated, and I said to Richard, "You know, I've got real frustrations with my. Sorry, I'll take that again, so you can you can cut in, Brian. I I was saying that Richard, I had frustrations with my editing career. I, you know, I'd, I'd done a couple of short movies. I know you you'd, you'd seen a few of them. You know, I don't
0: make, listen, don't thing. play Down, mate. But because I watched like you uh, were sending me some of his uh showreel sort of stuff, and I was going through and. Even with the documentary, I was really taking the back the quality as well, mate. And what there was wee bits of like humour in it. It was shot really well. You 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 had like the kind of bits where you were trying to dig deep, and he was being very candid about how he felt about stuff and that. So it ticked a lot of boxes for me, and that mm. was quite a good how you kind of put that in. So don't play your stuff there mate. Because even if you'd have seen your stuff, you like, this guy knows what he's doing. Well, do you know, like you know, my I
1: started out as a, a broadcast TV editor, and I was I was just getting real frustrated, Brian. I'll be honest, because the shows I was cutting, you know, they're, they're great for paying the mortgage, man, and they're fun. They're, they're fun crews to work on. You're working on stuff like, you know, celebs go date, and uh, you're working on like MTV shows and and, and yeah. all that. And it could be a bit of a grindstone, but mostly that they're, they're fun. But there's something that you know that they did not quite tick the boxes you're looking for in terms of what's good for the soul. You know the the narrative thrust that you feel uh, in terms of telling stories, it's, it's not quite there. I'd already directed a few shorts and I, I was kind of seeing people, like I know you're, you're uh, I don't know James Price, but we've got a lot of people in common. You had James Price on uh, earlier and uh, there was people like him, or, uh, John McPhail, Dougie King, Katrina McInnes, great directors, all of them, neve McKeon. And these people were kind of getting uh, ahead, not ahead of me in the queue in a way that's you know uh, adversarial but certainly I was like well They'll maybe the direction
0: maybe you want to go on as well
1: aye I was like maybe editing sucking up more more of my time And I said this to Richard and Richard was like well let's let's get a chat with Gary you know and see what he thinks you know but the thing is at that time Gary had kind of been done badly by the press he'd kind of just portrayed him as his like knuckle oh, dragon he,
0: he was known as a bad boy this and that that's, that's why aye. that documentary was enlightening you know
1: well, that's 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 exactly what I found. You know w- that I wanted to be enlightened when I, I chatted to him because he was like, it was just good chat, just nice, nice laddie. You know, everyone said that they were just like, "Hi, Gary, nice laddie." You know, and it, when we got to chat, and he's like, look, every time I met him, it's just, oh, let's just go for a coffee, and you know, we just set up a cup of coffee. He he knew some of the same people I knew for Slovian, where he, where yep. he grew up and where he now lives again, and we were just like, right, well. You like I like you. You like me. Let's see what's happening. You know, it was a bit thrown by some of his advisors and then eventually Richard and I went to the BBC. We went to Louise Thornton, who at that time was a commissioner for the Digital and Youth Department there. And Louise said, "Great story. You know, let's let's see what Gary's like on camera." So we filmed a wee teaser, and Gary did really well. It was a massive teaser. It's the biggest teaser I've ever I've ever made for for television, and I've, I've made a was few. Enough. He wasn't stripping off or nothing like that, you know. <laughs> Maybe if he kept his clothes on, he would have been caught it. But, um, but basically, like uh, it was like a thirteen-minute-long teaser, and this was like—I mean, that's half the program. You've seen the program,
0: and did you use that footage again?
1: No, we didn't. We, we, there was, uh, without getting into too much, there were a couple of things where you wouldn't want summit broadcast, <laughs> you know. once... Right. Yeah, the way Gary phrased a couple of things, we were like, "Oh, Gary, let's let's, yeah, let's forget it, that." Yeah. Right. I didn't say that, Gary. I don't know what Russian mobster's were doing. <laughs> and uh, and basically, Louise was like, "This this is great. Let's let's get this done." So uh, I, think we shot maybe July, July, August, September 20, uh,
0: 2019. Sorry, um, right, because I'm I, I like all this stuff, right? And obviously, movies can be huge, big. I always kind of think it could be like a factory worker's, you know, like hundreds of people working the product so how right. long did that and how many people like break it down a wee bit like
1: I'll break it down I'll break it down uh, basically what, what it was was I use um, I use my contacts list quite a lot one of my, my really good friends uh, luckily for for myself because he, he makes me look better than I am there's a, a cinematographer called Alan McLaughlin Who's based in Govan just now? Uh, hopefully, he's from uh, Aberdeenshire and, and Central Belt initially. And uh, I said, look, you know, we're trying to work together as much as we can because it's always—I mean, it's tough because I've not got the budget other people have got. But Alan yep. loves my ideas. He did writers' block. My short, i don't know if you watched that one—and um, he did the quiet, which I know you did watch. And oh, wait, man. yeah, they were off. the all, all had, i mean, they were tough shoots, man, because just the money and you know, like twenty Absolutely. people in a room getting a close up, but.
0: Is he actually like looking for where to shoot and how to shoot it and shooting it?
1: Well, no, no, really. What happened basically was I said, Dallin, you've got to come, come in on this. There's no money. You'll, you'll basically get Mars bars and a are kicking the nuts. as payment. And he was like, aye, let's do it. And basically you then start thinking, where can I film interviews with footballers? And if, Well, luckily for us, we were partnered with uh, Freak Films down in Leith in Edinburgh and they actually sponsor Edinburgh City Football Club or, or one of that club's sponsors. Uh-huh. So, you know, we were able to get the run there. Uh, so, I, I hesitate to say stadium. It's, it's more like sort of a, a council pitch that they rent out of. So it's got like a wee terracing. Um, which used to get quite rowdy on a Saturday. I hope to hear the, the, the drums of the local primary school that have been stolen and played in the front row again. Um, but uh, we went there and we were like like... Everywhere was paired, like, we'll use this changing room, or, you know, we'll use this one with a view, we'll, we'll kind of do that. So you go on what's called a, a, a recce, which is short for reconnoiter or reconnaissance, you'll go and just look around and go, right, what shots can we get in this location, or should we go somewhere else? We were very lucky, Gary's a Hibs legend, so Hibs were like, right, listen, just use Easter Road, just let us know when, you know when you want it, we'll check our dates, you know. So when Hibernian Football Club, a prem- Scottish Premiership stalwart, say just use our 20,000-seater stadium. You you don't really need to do a recce. You just go, aye, right, aye. Cool, aye. Uh, and then there was other things, you know, that were subject to, to change, you know. Gary was very kind with sort of saying, I'll get in touch with some people. So the, the list of people we had was was ridiculous to start off with. We had, uh, we had Alex McLeish, we had Scott Brown, we had Lee Griffiths, um, we, had, uh, we had Kevin Thompson, we had Tam McManus, we had people like Cy si Ferry. You know, we were, like, chatting to... He's uh, bro, He's uh, got
0: a good wee podcast as well. He's a funny boy. I re-
1: yeah, I really like Si. Like, I, I I don't think we'd... I'm not saying we're best pals or nothing like that, but I don't think we'd, we'd get on as well as we did because, like, sometimes people are wary. Although Cy si is, like, a, a podcast boy, some people are quite wary in the media, and especially some footballers, or especially Rangers footballers, are quite wary of the BBC... But, you know, size ex-Celtic and, you know, he does a bit of punditry now and again. So he was really good Was, And the one thing that really ham- sort of hampered it was we needed to do all this in a set schedule. And, you know, unfortunately, we lost Lee Griffiths and Scott Brown because they were doing Champions League yep. um, at that time with Celtic. I don't know if you remember when, when Celtic were in the Champions League. It seems so long ago.
0: Oh, uh, my God. What's happening here, man? I uh, know. I'm
1: sorry. I, and uh, and then, and the like, then. I'm not, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm no, I'm no govern, I'm no govern. I'm saying that, right? I can't say who I support, but I'll, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you no,
0: keep it quiet.
1: I, I'm not, I'm no standard Didn't for God's sake. It's still an album, mate. still an album. But, um, but basically, you know, we, we started like losing people, um, but the people we had were actually who we needed anyway, you know? So there, there was one, Hollywood, as we called them, like A listers who like phoned us at like eight o'clock on the day and saying, like, I have promised my family I wouldn't do media appearances this year and my wife's just caught me sneaking out wow. the door. So I like this is like a big name in football, just saying, I'm really sorry, I can't can't do the interview today. And we're like, what the hell? And then there was another another one, a really, really big name, old firm player, um, who played with Gary. Uh he phoned us, I think it was on a Monday, and he's like, I, uh, just where did I go? And we're like, what do you mean? He's like, I, like I'm i here for the interview. We're like, no, it's tomorrow. He's oh, like, you're I, joking, I man. He's like, I can't do it tomorrow. I might be flying to Cyprus for a Champions League match. I'm like, <sighs> so then uh, so <laughs> I said like, Footballers work from like eight until one <laughs> every day, and I'm like, how can you get this so what's wrong? i have you
0: know? seen the podcast... I've had my mate on who works for Rangers as well. And he says it's just hard to get footballers to do stuff. They're just... Um, jumping about and, and I'm sure you've had some good people, he says, but there's ones that will go out their way. He says, but so many of them are just fucking... As soon as they can get away, they just bolt.
1: They're I, young guys. I, I, you know what I mean? They're,
0: I, they're young boys. I, they're just... They don't want to sit down and do this sort of stuff and they feel uncomfortable sometimes, you know, as well. Mm. Because when they're playing football, that's where they express themselves, they feel fine with that, they can deal with it. But lots of these guys, I actually find that they're quite um, nervous guys or shy and it's Aye. just hard for them. So if you can, you know, it's like me, if you really don't want to do something, you go and somebody comes up, oh, that's a great excuse, I'll well, do it. I'll say that. <laughs> so, obviously, mistakes in that. But watching yours, you had uh, some good names, and I, I oh, just, everyone we had was
1: was great. You know, I, I think. You
0: know, so are just, you went and like see your equipment, like I'm a bit of a geek as well. So I like the technical stuff. Like, what did you sh- like actually film now? And if you says you've get like, a small budget, because it was filmed, I assume on a pro. Uh, well.
1: Yeah, no, it was, well, kind of, basically, without without seeing ungrateful to the BBC who who, who took a chance on me, I'm I'm not saying that, but, you know, we were told, look, let's work it within this budget, and we were like, right, all right, so we shot with, our A camera was what's called an FS7 Sony camera, which is a broadcast standard camera, shoots shoots, shoots up to 4K, really nice, we've got some good lenses on it. Alan's Alan's just the smartest ever, and I was just like, like, you know, what do you want here? And he was like, well, look, let's FS7, but let's get some good lenses on it, you know. Because at the end of the day, it's like most people nowadays, like they're watching, they're watching things at HD on their phone, on an iPad, yeah, on watching the TV, YouTube you
0: know. channels, and these guys have got all the gear. They're using even high-end digital SLRs. They're getting really good. I, they're lighting well, it properly. So, like, what's your crew on letting, a shoot.
1: Oh well, listen, that's, that's that's it. I think we had. Um, we had Alan and we had a lassie called uh, Robin. Uh, Robin, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I can't remember your second name. Robin actually was meant to be Alan's assistant, but then I think she, she got offered a job on Star Wars. So Robin was like, I'm sorry, I need to go down to Pinewood. So we're like, Aye, no, all right. So Alan was No, you can go. I know no,
0: can't. You um, can't. I can't it like, hi.
1: Like, right. I, I was like, <laughs> like, like We've got Gary Connor sitting here. What's wrong with you? But, uh, but basically Alan did Alan did a lot himself You know I think the most uh, Most I helped him with Was like carrying the kit and we had We had a production assistant um, called, called Ruta on a couple of Couple of shoots And then we had Another production assistant Called Chris So we all just like Mucked in and helped Each other out And Alan was like Look just What do you want For the interview And I was like This this that And Alan's like Right I'll do this And come back In half an hour So he'd, he'd have the lights All sorted out And all that um, Absolutely lucky To have him You know what I mean I, I I can, but I can. We must be good mates, man, because I don't know why he's doing my stuff. To be honest, like, he got a, an award at Camera Image in Poland a couple of years ago, and he's he's doing loads of features and all that. And good on him because it was, was great. Well, he, he was coming to sit, He was coming to sit in my spare, sleep in my spare room on my junkie mattress because we hadn't got the proper bed bedding. You know what I mean? I was like, right, we need to be in. He'd be at a shoot at half seven, Alan. He's like, "I'll just come and stay
0: yours Then eh? I'll just spoon in your bed, mate. You get a big. <laughs>
1: was basically, yeah. but those times, my those times, my mother half was like, "I'm a third wheel here." I'm like, <laughs> Alan, yes. Alan, yes. Alan. You know, so and answer your question. Like usually, when we go and shoot, it would be uh, my cell director, Alan, cinematographer, Sinead Kirwan, or or producer. Um, I would they say suffering producer, but there were a couple of moments, I could see her tearing her hair out because I'm I'm a bit a bomb scare. I'm a bit I'm a bit cheeky when it comes to. Um, and then we'd have a production assistant helping us out, uh, and then someone else on on transport usually. Who writes the script? Uh, that'll be myself. That'll be myself. That's one of the occasions. She needs. like, "What's going on? Where's the script?" And i be like, "I'm doing. I'm dead. Give me space. Give me space. What What you do with a documentary? I'm an artist, here. Like what you do a documentary script, Brian, is you basically write what you think that they will say, or the the sort of the, what they'll say in an abstraction. So, for instance, the start of the script will be Gary runs along beach and we see montage of, or archive montage of him playing football and then you have voiceover saying, oh, my name is Gary O'Connor, blah, blah, blah. These are easy things you get me to say. When it comes to things like, you know, drug tests, for instance, you talk talk about that time you you failed a drugs test at Birmingham, you'll just write, you know, say uh, Birmingham sequence, Gary talks about failing drugs test, you know, because at that point when you start it, you don't know who who's going to say that. At the end of the day, we were very lucky. We got Gary's old club captain Ian Murray, who who came up with him the first time around, and then he was you know with him the second time at Hibs. Ian was pretty pretty straight, it wasn't he? Backwards and and coming forwards with what happened with Gary, you know. So you'll you'll chance upon that, and then you'll 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 have someone like Yogi Hughes, who's just the loveliest guy utter gentleman who just lay it all down. He basically, Yogi sat with us for three hours, three hours of footage. <laughs> we got a Yogi, just for frame of reference, Gary's interview was four and a half hours, so Yogi wow. Yogi just gave us the whole story. You know, I, think it started, uh, yogi, I think Yogi's story was so long, it started by Adam
0: and Eve. He's it, a big. And you know what? You wouldn't have told him to stay any longer on that because he had a busty he, man. He's some. He's some unit in him, man.
1: Some boy. I was getting a bit of cheek back. He called me Ed Sheeran and all that, and I was just <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you can hear him. Uh, but no, you're going to get on all right. We've, we keep bumping into each other a couple of times, and uh, uh, I was texting him last week or you know, a couple of weeks back. He's got the Ross County job, so uh, and we, he's one of the guys that the BBC like, oh, can Yogi come back and. You know, if we're doing a series, can we get him back in as like a talking head? So, if we get a series, you'll be you'll be seeing a lot more of Yogi.
0: Super. I mean, you you definitely could. It was something that we watched. It was did it just seemed to go quick. Um, you know, I I wanted to actually just touch on like going back because we it was more like what had happened to Gary and we talked about like losing that as as uncle was like a father figure to him and stuff and that leaving away and just feeling like that's not the stuff that we were just starting to understand that when you're young, when you lose people, mm. you kind of rely, you, you're just, you're trying to hide. You, you just can't deal with certain stuff. And that's why people yeah. pick up drinks and the young guy and see, even like going his seeing his wife was going back. He had the small child. They were going back to Scotland for a month. And I'm like, right. how, how could you even deal with that man? I'm like, that's could, We're I, just we're too quick to judge people. And that was the right. whole thing in Scotland that we were taught was young Young Scottish football player, uh, came too easy to him, uh, made all that money, done drugs and fucked up. But and I, I don't know, like, I don't want to talk to everyone about the show, if you don't mind, but there was one good thing as well. About his boy, <laughs> Spo- about the- Spoiler, Gar-
1: Gary, Gary's still alive. Gary's still alive. <laughs> but even right. his
0: boy, like signing for Hibs and stuff, man, that's amazing. isn't that actually shows as well, because he was coaching, I was laughing, me and my wife, my wife both laughed. He was... I think he slagged his boy off a bit. Uh, time's it running or something. And <laughs> just laugh, cause that's something I would do with my boy. And I'm just, I'm like, that's just, it's brilliant. And, no, let it's me, that, and I'm like, it he deserves that.
1: He does. He does. And I'll tell you, let me just pick up on that thing with, with Josh, who's like a, a lovely lad. Everyone, everyone we interviewed, uh, the key person in, in this particular tangent is Donald Park. and uh, Donald Park's the, the coach that was at Hibs under Alex McLeish. And then later was, was <laughs> assistant manager, I think under Frank Sousy. But Donald Park's famous because he was a youth coach. that brought through like Scott Brown, Ian Murray, Tam McManus, Derek Reid, and Gary O'Connor. That whole Hibs squad that we associate with finishing second place, like playing that proper cavalier, beautiful oh, football. It was that was brilliant, he played. Man. aye. Like tens of millions of transfer fees. Donald Park's responsible for, and he he said, Josh O'Connor, if if he if he ducks his heat the way that Gary didn't, Josh O'Connor going to be the best player that Scotland's had in a long while. And uh, at the time, Josh was just busting every scoring record you can get. And uh, I tell you what, even we filmed him, he bust three of us as well because we were trying to like film him as he was running. And Alan used to do sprinting at school, and Chris was uh, the production assistant. Chris was a lacrosse player, and uh, I, can, I can run fast for twenty seconds and then have a heart attack. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, and he bust three of us in one run, he was running around the pitch and none of us got to the opposite end because we were like, what the hell, you know and and it's quite sly when you watch when you watch the, the show you'll see that Josh's first run is like 40 seconds or something and then his next run's like like 30 seconds or something and those were runs after each other because he was just bolting around, you know, uh, and just watching watching Gary with him um, I started to believe what people were saying everyone that was interviewed was like well, Gary's coaching is second to none because he's got that bit extra He does. he's not coming at it from a theory point of view he's coming at it from the point of view but yeah he's got the theory because he studied because Gary he puts the head down when he wants it you know but because he was such a good striker he could tell you how to turn he can tell you how to you know, move your centre of gravity certain ways to get that extra yard and when we went to film Gary with Josh Gary was like look just Film it for the side, didn't get involved, you know. Can I? Can I just have this one, you know? Because he yeah. was trying to fit it around his his schedule, and and that's what we did. And I think that's translated well because you can get those more natural bits of banter off of Gary. I, I think it contrasts well with the moment in the middle where Gary like just shuts down and he goes, nah, I'm "No, I'm not answering that. Didn't he he ask me to answer that?" You know. Whereas that way, son's more, you know, that's that's more him. You know, that's a that's a Gary I know. That's a Gary I know. He's a good lad.
0: No, I mean, so you've done, was this is this kind of your last big one because I watched The Quiet and what would you call, is that like a again, I'm, I'm not good with the terms, mate, because you says this is like a, a something you present to maybe get the bigger project to go ahead, right. so I keep on saying showreel, but that's no showreel, like what, what, what if, if the concept so again, when I watch this, right and, I, and I'm like, fuck, like proper cracking production. You know, actually, I caught, it. I really liked the sound. I thought the sound was kind of, obviously it is called the quiet. So uh, that's obviously a big thing is noise, sounds, whatever. But I'm like, fucking hell, yeah. man. And the effects. So, so glad doing these effects?
1: Uh, do you know what? I'm so glad I can shout out some people here, man. Because the way it looks is down to Alan again. Like, like the know,
0: lighting is brilliant. See the bit Just catching the girl's face and stuff, man. It's,
1: what what bit catching her face is it in uh, when it's darkness or in the red? Dream Actually, a
0: couple. In, it was the dark one that kind of got me. And it was like a sliver yeah. on her face. Is just like the, a profile, oh, it was kind of the rim shots and stuff. And I'm like, well, I was, I was, I was intrigued. You know what? I'm going to
1: isolate this bit, and it were you saying it's, uh, it's a, a rim, because Alan was just like, I'm like, "Are you sure you want it like that?" I'm like, "Fucking yes, please." You know, but. Uh, That's all, Alan, uh, in terms of that. In terms of sound design, I'll I'll reverse back to Alan in a sec, because I need to to shout out Claire Asanova, um, who's a sound designer. She's done a couple of our our films now. She did the Gary O'Connor show as well. Uh, Claire's a fantastic sound designer. Any bit of TV that's come out of Scotland has probably gone through Claire's dubbing suite, because she's a dubber at Edit 123, just off Blytheswood Square in Glasgow. You know, and she'll do all these like great documentaries, and she'll do stuff like home shows and all that, you know. But she's also done stuff like, uh, oh God, what's the film called? Uh, John McPhail's first film. I can't remember it now. Um, she did that as well. She's done a couple other like you know shorts and features. She's done a, an ad for me. She's amazing. And I kind of given her all these notes of what I wanted where and all of that, and then would listen to stuff, and I'd, I'd be like, "Did you add that in?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, because think about it. If she's up there, and it's going to sound like this." If it's the noise is coming from down there, and I'm like, fucking love you.
0: Is like, that like yeah. a production? Like, are they? Is she a producer then? Like, a, no, she's uh, a, you a you sound sound, sound designer. Sound what
1: designer. Does that mean? She Oh, do you know what? That's records. a great way to put it. I'm really sorry.
0: That's a great way
1: to put it. Aye. she's like the Daniel or the Brian Eno.
0: Yeah, that's what here. I mean. Like you, aye. well, you play this. You play this. Is a song that came up with the car, <laughs> and you're like, ding, 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 and then, like, you know, and, and then she the, makes the it song like the streets
1: have no name. Aye, yes. Like you sounded like that Bill Bailey sketch. <laughs> the <other> now, Brian. <laughs> Technical malfunction at a YouTube concert. But um, it's just
0: funny. Like you don't aye. see. Like you just think like the Beatles. It was a uh, what was it? George, who's your man I can't. That's terrible. George you know. Martin. George Martin. Right. So he came aye. up and he's part he, he, like, of the Beatles.
1: Let me just get Claire up. the now. I'm just going to leave her a voicemail just while, while we're here. Just like hi, Claire. I'm on. Women. I'm on. I'm on Constos Convos podcast, and he's just listened to the quiet. And he's just he's basically he's compared you to George Martin, Sergeant Pepperera, Brian.
0: Mate, just I love it all. Well
1: done. <laughs> like honestly, I'm, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you right now. That's uh, that that is a great way to put it. Uh, the way a producer mixes an album—that's what Claire does with with my stuff. And and the Gary show, I'm—I'm I'm going to be honest. There were a couple of times where we thought we'd finish the show, and then we'd get a note back from like legal or or something had happened, not in a bad way, but we just have to maybe change a scene or take a scene out. Yeah. And I left. I, I'm. It's no other way to say it, Brian. I'm sorry to swear on your program. I know I'm, no, I'm half a glass, I'm half sure. a glass of whiskey. Doing, but <laughs> you know, I left some fucking duff edits on the soundtrack. Like, you know, what's and, a duff edit? Just a crap edit, mate. A crap edit, you know. When, oh, your when you're editing, and stuff, do you I've
0: mean?
1: Got, like, I, I edited it, I edited it as well. So it's like, you know, I edit the show and then there'd be things i oh, like, I need to take this out now and then remix it. Uh, or no, remix it rather, just hope <laughs> oh, Claire can do it. And Claire would be sitting there going, right, so I fixed this and I fixed this and I fixed this and I fixed this. And after five minutes, I was like, all right, all right, Claire, I'm lazy. I fucking get it. <laughs> right? And uh, like, she'll, she'll be... She, uh, I'm just lucky. I don't know how I've done it, mate. But, you know, have. Alan makes my stuff look good. Claire makes it sound good. And, and, and the other person in the mix here who's done a, a few, kindly taking his time, uh, who's done the effects for things is a guy called Andrew Donaldson, who used to be with uh, Freak Films and Leith. He's now, uh, I can't remember the company he's at just now, he does a lot of work for National Museums of Scotland. He's at a company based in Glasgow now. Uh, but Donnie Donny's just one of the most amazing men. you've ever you've ever met he uh, he had a bad car accident a couple of years ago broke his back and then just like bruce lee's you know up and running again you know he's he's broke his back and he's fitter than me i fucking
0: hate
1: him uh, but he's a great effects guy he everything you see in the quiet like i I don't know if you you remember one of the first shots in the quiet there's a big billboard and it's showing uh showing the films and all that that's that's no real. That's not even a billboard that he's just put footage in. He's designed the side of the wall of that building. Oh, I love that and
0: shit, then man. Put- the CGI. I, I, I actually, Aye. I'm trying to, I try and do everything and I don't do it at anything really well, but see like coming up with stuff. I actually was just on Instagram and I seen a guy who creates um, movie scenes, right? Aye. Like, but there was, you know, the fog and the guy walking the way it's lit. And I'm like, you couldn't take a photograph because it's too fucking perfect and I'm like, he's built it. And I'm like, I'd love to be able to come up, you know, do my New York kind of the steam coming up the 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 figure walking by with a hat or whatever or the just so many like a a war scene or something you just come up with all the elements that as a film guy that you'll see and you love and it just creates that atmosphere and I would love to do something like that's actually that's why I was like who is Vito man what why is he getting I could see the quality and all these different things how is he getting Gary O'Connor and it's good to hear this you breaking it down, the behind-the-scenes stuff, which I love. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people else love. They want to see, how did they do that? You know, he's Italian, he's in the mafia. He probably just he was going <laughs> to... A few people woke up with horses' heads in their beds, man. They were just making this show for him, you know what I mean? I've
1: never... I, I think there was one boy in the quiet I was like... Eh. I'll not say his name It was one boy in the quiet He was Sicilian And I was Sicilian But I'm a bit bigger I was like If you talk to me like that again You're going over there <laughs> you know, That's the only time I've ever been Matthew On a shoot You know what I mean But he uh, understood
0: So it wasn't bad
1: Fucking did understand You know I mean He's, he's not been on my stuff Since then So <laughs> yeah, he understood <laughs> uh, But basically You know for myself it's it's not just that, it's not an ego boost stuff. It is an ego boost of wee bit. but I'm humbled that you took the time to watch these things, Brian because I know, you know, sometimes people will be sending short movies, whatever. But it seems you were in it, man. I'm I'm pretty chuffed by that.
0: No, I mean I, I love it and I think you just connect with people and you'd said like uh, you listened to the podcast with a previous guest, wee uh, we James A. Price, who's another guy that, you know, is similar to yourself, you can just feel the passion. And it's something that I share the passion with. So it's just good for that. Fun, I've, it? I've
1: been here a bit, Jimmy, for like the last two years, but I've never like proper met him. I think he added me on Facebook or something. But I'm, I'm no I'm no brilliant on Facebook. We need to I get a podcast. Mostly. We
0: need to get a, the movie podcast together. And it says we were talking, and I'm, I'm pulling out random movies that I tell our people, are uh, very good." And then oh, like, you know, and then you're just you're you rhyming <laughs> off these movies, and he's he's another guy that I just I want to see more. I want to see more from you guys as I, I, well. Good. I, I do, think that's uh, one thing about the BBC that's actually good is they they help a lot of the, I know just young guys, but they help a lot of independent aye. guys that are just trying to do stuff and give them a shot and polished good projects getting done, you know?
1: Aye, well, you know, like, you know, we, we had the uh, what did we have over at the BBC? I uh, think Writer's Block was up for one of their short film programmes. Then, uh, you know, we picked, we, we did, I did they pick a fight one of the producers? I'm, I'm not like that, but I kind of like queried that. I think they, they picked uh, a couple of other shorts instead of writer's block, and I was just like, Look I'm, I, I phoned them up. I says, "What's, what's wrong with it? You kinda know what I mean? Because some of the other films they picked were a bit, like you know, you've been framed or something." And uh, he says, "Well, you know, your your writer's block. It's 2018 now. v o and writer's block was done 20 2016. You know." I was like, "Well." Aye, all right, fine if it's if it's out of date and a wee bit of fine. And then I found out one of the other films was like twenty thirteen fourteen, and I, I remember saying to him, "I was like, you need to be straight with me because the industry we've got at a micro budget level it needs support, it really does." And you know, if you didn't like the film, then then go for it. And he said, "Well, look, we actually, I um, actually thought we had enough films, and we actually thought the film we had was from a filmmaker that maybe deserved a bit a bit more." And it turned out it was it was James Price. I can't remember what film uh, was shown on it. I wonder what well um, it was. I can't I can't remember what it was um, and I, I remember like saying it just I was like Look, just just be honest with us because that's what we need we need support if the film's not good enough like let me know as, as I it on the right track and see if it's worth yeah. pursuing and yeah I, and I remember saying I was like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to beef you or anything like that but you know the BBC have got a great thing going with BBC the social and um, which is like their, their online sort of content strand yeah um, and I was like, look, we feel so included in this and there's finally opportunity to make stuff, whether it's, you know, something, I don't know if you saw the sketches i have done, it's something that looks like a proper comedy sketch yeah. or it's just some guy shouting at his phone. It's like, you know, there's an equality there that everyone loves. I was like, but as soon as you start sort of picking and choosing and not being clear with people, that goes that goes like out the window. And so you're right, man, it's like they're open to discussions like that and they're open to sort of like giving people opportunities, you know. Um, I think a lot of that is down to Louise, to be honest. She was she was in charge of the social uh, when she uh, she was first, not first at the BBC, but she was the first person in charge of the social and she sort of took that vibe where that sort of like, let's try things, you know, let's not close down opportunities um, when she went to digital and youth. And, and, and God bless her, man, you know, she's helped so many people come along and now she's... You know, she's a senior commissioner for BBC Scotland TV channel, you know? Yeah, aye. So I'm glad that there's now people starting to be in charge and, and, and positions that are sort of open and willing to not just stick to the same paradigms as before, man. You yeah, know, because it's those...
0: it like, you, you read the, the old stuff in Wiki and maybe even the more American TV as well. And it's like, they had shows for like 40 years and stuff, some of these guys. Granted, like Carson is... A legend but some of the one you're like wow they just Hi. it was like such a small group of people doing it they were just there and they, they stayed uh, there and nobody else could come through and we've had a uh, jo a uh, dom and on the podcast dom reynolds who writes for the bbc him and his brother john Um they've been doing a lot of stuff and writing. now I'm, I'm really i've been inspired by the writing and that's interesting that you're saying you wrote that and i quite like you telling me how it wrote. it's quite a lot of work so i've started doing a few short stories um, some ideas, some um, I probably just need to sit there and concentrate. But I enjoy it, and even if it never comes off, anything, it's, it's fucking, yeah. it's a great, it's a great feeling, man. Just get see all when the you write, see
1: when you write the end, or you write fade to black, or, or 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 you write, you know, Maria stares down this angel which looks fucking horrible, or whatever <laughs> you're, you're writing. You're like, yes, you know what I mean, or or you know. <laughs> Or, you know, Gary plays football with his son, and everything was fine, and no one ever went to court ever again. The end, right? Like that—that's a great feeling. You're right, right, you're right. That's, that's a fairy fair tale, tale there. you know. Um, I always do feel in Scotland. I have got to be honest. You know, I've I've been told I'm too esoteric. You know, i have i I'm quite. I have this aesthetic that's not quite. Um, it's not quite polished, but it's it's not quite um, quirky enough to sort of qualify as that kind of thing. You know, so I think I've still to find where where I fit in. You know, I can't I, I do the
0: documentary had a few wee kind of the comedy kind of b- bits put in. Do you know like a wee, I, like just a wee quick one, and it was like, oh, uh, that's-
1: as soon as Yogi tell that story about Gary and Derek Redden stealing his car, I was like, this is getting this is getting done. Like we're making something out of this. You know, I I remember I do remember Yogi phoning a day after we filmed him. He's like, listen, I've just been chatting to the wife, and I told him I. I told her I'd, I'd said a story for back in the day. Uh, I was like, I, you did say that story and I'm being deliberately vague here because the last person you want in your front door is fucking Yogi Eus. <laughs> uh, in fact, now I think about it, I don't know how he got my number. It was my home number. It wasn't just my mobile. Nah, right? He's no fucking about is he? He's no fucking about like, uh I saw a red dot trying to find me in my living room, actually. It was kind of weird. <laughs> but, um, and he's like, oh, listen, I've spoken to the wife and, sh- and she just thinks that maybe I shouldn't have that in. So let's let's take that out. Aye? I'm like, oh, it's really funny. He's like, no, let's take it with you. I'm like, no, Yogi, aye, that's it, that's it. Don't you worry about it. I'm. Can I keep the bit with the car? He's like, what's the, the stealing bit? I'm like, aye. He's like, oh, didn't make me look stupid, Yogi. So honestly, I was waiting for that phone call the night of broadcast day, but
0: he was like, oh, I loved
1: it, big man. Like, I know, it
0: was good. Nobody come across bad on it at all, man. So, Theo, what's the deal with your name? Because you, you sound like a mad Edinburgh guy, but your name's not really telling that story, is it?
1: That's the f- honestly. That's the first time you've, anyone's ever called me Edinburgh man. I've got I've got everywhere in my day. I had you know when I was in Stirling, they called me Glaswegian. When I was in Glaswegian, they, Glasgow, they called me from the islands. When I was in the islands, they called me English. You know, it's like mate, uh, t-
0: excuse me, you're talking to a Canadian guy who lives in Scotland <laughs> who's got a Greek father. I've been getting that Wherever's it's in Ireland you're from, Brian. I'm my like, fuck's sake,
1: mate. I, honestly, by the time our carbon footprint was maxed out by the time we were born, mate, eh? it's like nuts. Like, is that a war thing? Is that is that what happened to you?
0: No, no, mate. It's it was just my mum grew up in Scotland. Uh, they were she had five brothers and sisters, just in Clybank, and just wanted to go see somewhere, and she went to Canada, you know, start a new life. And my father's from uh, Northern Greece right at a wee village he used to fucking hate he used to get up early in the morning to milk the goats and he fucking hated it and when he was old enough he left to, to go to right. Canada because he had family there I speak to him about stuff like because I'm interested so he had family going to different places we've got family in Switzerland uh, a lot of the Greeks went to like Australia and stuff it says he tried to get in Australia first because he wanted sunshine get a knock back and then I think he would wanted to go to America I think couldn't go there and then he had to go to Canada with his aunt and his cousins and stuff so my parents met there spot split up and we came back so right. one of them ones Oh man, do you know what man, That's, uh,
1: I feel really bad, my one involves like war and tragedy and, and all that stuff So yours is,
0: like, yours, they're going to write a story about yours and they're not going to write a story about mine, is that what you're saying?
1: No, they'll probably write a story about yours because mine's actually, I tell it in the most boring way possible, you know I mean, plus it's like, you know, I like to make the joke that I'm only here because of Hitler, so thank you Adolf, you know what I mean And people don't like that, you know so no, you can't just, do that. that uh, Just to clarify, I'm not a right wing maniac, you know <laughs> No, I'm here, my, it's, it's a tale of, uh, the two Italy's, in the north and the south my, my granny, as I say, she was from Casino, God bless her uh, she moved, or well, my great-granddad decided to move to the UK uh, when Benito Mussolini took power because he wasn't na- was really having that uh, and granny made her way uh, up to Edinburgh because they started to become quite a prominent Italian contingent after the First World War. Yep. And then she was uh, a translator and a prisoner of war camp when my granddad was, uh, ca- he was captured in the uh, Tobruk in Libya, uh, obviously fighting for, for the Italian army. Yeah. And he was, yeah, he was shipped first to India, I think, randomly. And then they, they decided, oh, well, kind of all these Italians walking about in the sunshine, let's fucking really show them the mean business. So he got sent to Dalmahoy in West Lothian and I uh, met my granny, and, and that was that. Uh, as they say, he actually proposed to her, and then he had to go back to, uh, I think it was Palermo, to get demobbed, off he he's from Marsala, which is in the southwest of uh, Sicily. So he went back to Palermo to get demobilised, and she had to come with my great-uncle Dominic all the way from Edinburgh, straight down to, um, straight down to Sicily, to go and get married to him. Wow, in a wee a wee town called Santa Pedra in, in the southwest Italy in Sicily, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uncle Dominic actually had a, I think it was an old Hasselblad camera, and it took them. And for years we thought the the pictures. You'll love this man because you're a photographer. For years we thought the pictures were lost, Brian. And then one day my I think my great aunt Eva she passed on, and someone was clearing out her attic, and what did they find? They find all these negatives wow, from my great uncle Dominic who died in 1979. So about three years before I was born, and uh, my cousin Nicola, who's well, she has a she was a photographer, she she works in theatre now. She decided she'd restore these negatives, and unfortunately, we lost everything from Edinburgh down to uh, I think just before Milan. Uh, and she was able to restore everything from Milan down to Palermo, and Marsala, and, and Santa Pedra. And they're beautiful. The people that includes going to Casino, which was uh, the Italians consider it a war crime. What happened to Casino? Uh, just to give you a brief history, the Allies came in via Sicily uh, to go all the way up Italy with a view to eventually getting to Berlin. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but they did get to Berlin eventually, and uh, they needed to get past Casino, which had this uh, monastery, like this this Catholic monument. That, yep. It was called Monte Casino. It was about twelve hundred feet up on this on this hill and uh, the, the suspected Germans are having a, having a battalion there. It turns out the Germans never had a battalion there uh, until the Allies bombed the fuck out of the monastery, and war being what it was, they ended up destroying the entire town while, while they were there. When you go to Casino now, there's no a building from before think 1952, because the rebuilding took so long. Yeah, they rebuilt the monastery, first of all, but these brilliant photographs my Uncle Dominic took it. My granny and granddad just in amongst all this rubble and debris and granny's trying to find the house where she was I born. I saw that
0: history, man, and recorded ah, it's that. Beautiful. amazing, it? Eh? And the thing is, is, is gone. Because yeah. You've been saying that, like, mum, like, and I still stay in Claybank, and I don't know if you know, that was, the Claybank Blitz was bombed fucker during the Second World War Aye. as well. And my granny it uh, was down at the bomb shelter and there house was get bombed. Uh, she was, uh, I think my uncle and man were born at that time. Uh, my, my my grandpa was at the pictures with his mate. They went to go see a show. And, and again, we lost a lot of stuff and Clybank was destroyed. It was? And they didn't actually release that officially because they didn't want, uh, I think it was to do with like propaganda. They didn't want to seem like Germany done a job on this sort of thing. And I think the official, they said the figures were like 300 people died and some guys were like, oh, mate mean, streets had more than that dead. Aye. And they, they recently, we've had guys like Tam McKendrick been on the BBC as well and he's explained like what had happened by speaking with people. He does his paintings and stuff and it's fascinating, man. And see, they see all this and you're getting the pictures and you're seeing these places, like you're the, how things are burnt back and all the history, I love it, mate. I, I really love it. And it says, like, uh, especially with the whole Sicily thing, you know, I'll fucking love I, I, the whole Mafia movies and reading up and stuff. And, like, do you know, like, I, a Beatlecory on, you know, Genovese, uh, you know? Do you know, like, you know, about
1: five, ten years ago, I would have pulled you up and I'd go, come on, don't be a stereotype. But I, I remember going over about five years ago and it was bit—it was the first time I'd been over since I was wee. So the uh, first time I'd been over since, like, maybe... Eighty six, eighty seven. When I was like, you know, four or five or whatever, and uh, I was like the exotic cousin when I first went because I was just this wee ball of ginger fur, just running a bit palermo, <laughs> like, all, like excited because ice cream was fucking amazing, right? Pizza uh, and ice cream. Oh, mate, honestly, the number of times I was like sick when I was like four or five because I was, just, I would I've been lying, and the Italians just feed you. You yeah. know, it's just like,
0: oh, have you had ice cream? No.
1: Like, you know, it's
0: like the Greeks, mate. you used to go over, and there was always the joke that. I remember I, I took my wife over, uh, Kirsty, she's Scottish, obviously, and my Aye. brother took his wife over, and we were meeting the, the Macedonians, the Greeks of the family, Aye. and we went to go with my aunt's, and she's fucking, she's she's such a great cook, and she's bringing all this food, <laughs> and <everybody's> fucking, and everything's <laughs> fucking stuff. You know, Seems yeah, when are ready for your sleep, and that, that was just the starters. We well, then brought her on a, the main meal, and I, I was that? like, where are we going to put this? I felt so bad, that? and we're just forcing it.
1: That's it, man. I was like, I was, I was going to say, I was going to pull you up for doing the stereotypes, but you go over and it's all like, you know, here's your fucking Don Collyony key rings, and here's your like, you know, <laughs> ma- massive pizzas, and like, you know, I, the town's the town's empty on a Sunday because everyone's in cathedral and all that, and you're just like, I love it. I loved it there. I remember like I was over there, and like my my partner was just like, she's like, that's your that's your fourth cannoli. I'm like, so. She's like, it's five past eight <laughs> in the morning, and I'm like, oh god. I'm like, listen, just let my diabetes just die down a wee bit, all right. You know what I mean? I didn't have diabetes at eight o'clock, I had it by five past eight.
0: I've never been there, uh, early. I'd love to go just architecture, food, history, the the full shebang. Well,
1: I'm, I'm, I have to say, you know, obviously, I've home priority here, you know what I mean? But I mean, Sicily's, Sicily's where it's at for me, it's just the pace of life is. Just different
0: over there, you know. It's a
1: weird one. Like everyone's in a hurry to get places, and then when they get there, they don't get a fuck. They're
0: not moving. My mum was in Sicily. Uh, her ex-husband was in the navy, and they they were over in Sicily for, I'm guessing a wee a wee short period anyway, maybe a month or longer. And that's all my mum could talk about was the food. Oh, you know, and, and the wine and it says the boy was like giving them all the homemade wine, and my mum didn't drink, it was eating and he came back. and He's like, "Oh, Brian, you've never tasted it." And I'm like, because it's organic the tomatoes. Taste like apples. You know, you, you eat them. They're like a fruit over here. We just get a hydroponic kind of water bag. There's no getting the taste, the nutrients, and what have you. That's even my dad. Obviously, the Greek side. I think it's the Mediterranean thing in it. Like they Aye. or the gardens. Like my dad, he'd have a. Piece and tomato, you know what I mean. It was just so flavoursome. We'd sit there and just, like, eat that. There was hardly any seeds in it, and I'm like, that's, Aye, that's amazing, man. It's amazing. Yeah, we had that. We had that over
1: there, and we went there because um, my family own a couple of supermarkets out there, just like to be like spars or whatever they have down in South yep. West Sicily. And uh, actually, a couple of weeks before Christmas, like my cousin Gasparino, or my dad's cousin, uh, my second cousin, sent over just a wee box. He's like, here's, here's a wee box for Vito uh, and his family. And honestly, oh God, Brian, honestly, it was like salami Milano and it was like proper, like, just like cheap salami. Uh, and we, like, I can't I don't even know what they're called. It was like sausage on smaller salamis as well as a massive salami yep. Milano. And oh my fucking God, mate, honestly, I thought like I'd gone for like start of December thinking. I'll just have a wee bit of turkey and then I'll go free <laughs> because I'm going to be 40 soon and I don't even want to have a heart attack. To Honestly, just clutching my chest going, oh
0: my God, is that a salami? Oh, is <laughs> oh, the arteries yeah.
1: just closing over. The arteries are closing over going, like, you're no you're not fully Italian. I'm like,
0: shut up. I can do this. You've got all the, the Italian community in Scotland have done fantastically well, you know, just through music, acting, what have you, but look at, he was just eating the food, they must have came over Scotland and go, fucking hell man Like I like my mints and toys for that but somebody's going to come over and throw a pizza at you, do you want to taste I, a bit of this ice cream can you imagine honestly, can you imagine being my the first
1: money? can you imagine being the first person that gets like a proper like calzone made for them in Scotland and you're just like it's like, hey, do, you want, do you want fish and chips now? No <laughs> we're going in that meditate. we're only having carbs from now on Right. That's just that. Honestly, I love uh, I love the fact that I'm part time. People always look at me as you know. You were saying obviously I look like you know uh, Frankie Boyle's trying to clone himself in the machine from The Fly, and uh, you know. But my upbringing was was it was quite. Mediterranean if you will you know my granny spoke perfect English so she'd be helping me she'd be helping me with like English homework you know granddad didn't speak that much English at all until his dying day Uh, and he could only speak Sicilian he couldn't speak Italian because Italian wasn't standardized in Sicily until 1952 Uh, which does a weird wee fact
0: well I didn't actually know that Sicilian I thought they spoke Italian
1: Sicilian's a, a a dialect. Um the best way I can explain it maybe and one that's I'm sure anyone listening at Sicilian will be like fucking fuck up dude. <laughs> uh, but it's basically a difference between like English and Old Scots. You know what I mean? You can understand it, but you know, there'll be there'll be some bits there, you're like, what?
0: You know? Yeah. Um but you like know, my dad my dad's from northern Greece. Right. And he's like Macedonian, Greek Macedonian. Well, right. it's Arctic, cause, uh, I'm here that, I hear they all cool. like each other. It's so complicated, mate. I read up on it and I don't even, I just, you can't agree mm-hmm. with anybody because there's so much contradiction It's so hard. Right. But um, he. my dad speaks Macedonian, he speaks Greek. And that's what oh, my dad would say. He's like, the Greeks say we don't exist, but how come I speak Macedonian? You know what I mean? And he's he's, he's he speaks a bastardized uh, Greek Macedonian language with family and stuff and they mix and match all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I can't speak any, can you speak Italian? I can speak
1: tiny bits of Italian what happened was um, uh, and uh, I'll just say it to say I'm sure if, if my man ever listens to this I'll get a phone call and a clout around the ear but my mum and dad eloped because dad was Sicilian and uh, obviously Catholic whereas mum was from a very staunch Protestant mining community in, in East Lothian. so mum and dad eloped and this kind of fed into learning the language you know I think when I was like four or five dad Dad sent me to Italian lessons and that lasted about three weeks until my mom found out. Uh, and then that was it, basically. That's that I'm the same I, ad. I, yeah, I, I, you know, it's weird because, like, mum always... Uh, my mum's still with us. My grandparents aren't, always loved my grandparents, you know, and you know, mum wasn't like that. But, you know, there were elements of my family that were, and I'm sure you've been for the West Coast. I, I don't have to tell you any more about that okay. kind I get of
0: things. Cold. I get cold. I had this... Uh, post, I put her on Facebook, I says, you know, since I've been in Scotland, since as a wee guy, I've been called a Jew, a Paki, well, Irish, a Hun, aye. a Tim, all these things, and I said, you know what, it's made me realise that I should have been a fucking actor, <laughs> I could have pulled <laughs> off, you know what I mean, I could have been ending. I just—it's just when I came over, I used—I stayed in the scheme up in the far end of Claybank. I was basically the one of the darkest guys there. You know what I mean? Called Everton. Things have changed so much now. I think it was just before, it was everybody was the same. So if somebody was a wee bit different, like I went to school with guys, like I've—I've got sallow skin, as you can see, right? Guys that are probably even lighter than me. Or least, the, the nicknames of these guys were nigger and coon. Aye. You know, that, and that was like normal. And it says things have just changed so much that, obviously, for the better. That it's just not the same. You see so many different people, and attitudes have changed. People seeing the world through the internet, and I, I don't. We're just all learning, you know what I mean? Aye. You can't judge I've, somebody from a previous I've, generation different because you don't know how they grew up and the way things were. No, that's you know, true. That, that's true. Things were I'll, tougher I'll, back then as well.
1: No, no, they were. They were. I think that. You know, my my dad had a lot of it. my my uncles had a lot of it, you know what I mean? if you didn't mind, Brian, I'll go with I'll go with saying the P word and stuff like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna remind my P's and Q's if that's all right. But that's uh right, you know, he, he got he got that, he got a lot of that, he got called the K word, um uh that stands in for uh, for people of the Jewish persuasion, you know, he got all that and it's just as you say, it's because it was different. It, it, it was different. I think if people say it now and they're off, say, our generation, it is, it's, you can't. You, it's it's, it's taboo now. I just say it because Aye. it
0: is what it is. Um, the, even these words, and I know you, people can't say stuff like, I'll say stuff like Jolie, but even when I was young in the FUD, people say like these words, and I remember like, mm-hmm. they fucking hit hard. Because Imagine the spit who this sp- was. I-
1: this is how, this is how bad it could get, around, around my bit. and by the way, I, I grew up in a nice neck of the woods, North Berwick, man, um, which is quite, quite a posher end of town, We've man. Been we we
0: that's a, that's a nice bit. <laughs> well, we were, we
1: weren't, we were we posh at all. We were kind of, in, uh, we grew up in a wee, we grew up in a wee, uh, hamlet outside it called, uh, called Black Dikes, basically, which was a wee.
0: Jesus, wee sort of, <laughs> that's uh, two, two groups right there.
1: Two groups right there. I, I, you know, I remember when uh, I was seen at uni. Who was from Barbados? Told me she was going back with her ex-girlfriend. I was like, "This is ticking so many irony boxes <laughs> right now." But uh, but basically, you know, um, growing up like that around that way, like you were, I think the most thing you'd get against you was maybe your class, because obviously there were people who were living in fucking massive houses and all that, and I meanwhile well, you're, you know, you're you're taking your summer holidays doing eye mouth or whatever, you know. Um, but there was like the odd occasion, you'd, you'd get called those things, you know, and, and, and you weren't... It's confusing uh, at first when you're young, confusing. I think. It's confusing, you know, I, used, um, I remember my, my pal's grandmother calling me the p you know, when she said, she'd, she'd said something about, um, she'd said something about her interaction that she'd had with, with someone who was um, from the continent, I think. And she said, "Oh, he was, he was talking like the p-word." And she's like, and then she pointed to me. She's like, "Well, you'll know what that's like because you know you're—you're you're basically ap a, a p-word, aren't you?" And I'm like, I "Fucking crazy, I don't mind." How can you call someone with this face the p-word? First of all, you shouldn't be saying the p-word. You know what I mean? I—I I believe a I, I inexplicably. As soon as she called me the P-word, Brian, I told her I told an eight year old woman to fuck off in her own house over Sunday dinner. At which point, my pal, <laughs> my pal had to escort me outside because the face she made, oh Brian, I thought she was going to die then and there. Even her Scotty dog turned and went like that. I was like, what's... What's worse here, like her calling me the p-word, or, or me telling her to fuck off in front of her husband? But you, but you ashes. know what,
0: that's what happens. It just if people catch you off, and they, they do really mean things, mean things happen. You know what I mean? That's that's the, the real end all. And
1: that's it. That's it, man. We did, we did have some good times, um, Gary and I, on the show talking about that. Actually, like the, there's a gen, definitely East Lothian's a kind of place you go and retire. Usually, you know, so we're chatting about generational differences and. You know, uh, people, I think someone called Gary a junkie one time because they saw him wear uh, <laughs> an energy drink, you know?
0: so right, Exactly. Weird, things, the things weird, have changed so much. I remember even my dad even growing up, he, he, if you get a tattoo, I'll rip it off, you know, all that stuff. Oh, tattoos. Everyone's changed.
1: I'm interviewing a boy uh, tomorrow who's who reckons that his career kind of was, was no derailed, but people got the perception of him because he had so many, like, tattoos. You know, which is is, is odd to me because I think that if you have tattoos like fair play, you know, I'm, I'm too wimpy to sit in a chair for ten hours. But you know, this this boy is going to tell me some interesting stories tomorrow. You know what I mean? Quite a nice wee side career I've started to have, like directing for for other shows. So you know what I mean? Gary's Gary's got me in got me in somewhere. Having all those cups of tea, the Gary's paid off.
0: Mate, I'm telling you, like people need to check that out. I'll do the usual, link it in. Um, I think a lot of people would enjoy that and the only problem now with the internet is like you're doing cool stuff like that it's, you can use the internet obviously to let people know you've got it but there's just so much shit out there now that it's hard to find things <laughs> if that had been on the normal BBC everybody would have seen it I would have went to school in the morning and everybody would have watched the same show or the same movie Hello. on Sunday night uh, and you'd all talk about it but now are people like yeah have you ever seen that thing Or people are like no you like, get what? Netflix YouTube that oh. iPlayer we watched it on you know
1: a friend, a friend, another friend of mine. He's writing a book about managers first hundred days, you know. And he's 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 doing it with uh, uh, Mickey Mellon, who's up at Dundee United just now. But he's also got uh, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to talk about his hundred days at Man United. So he's he's got a good lineup, and he's got in touch with yeah. me. And do you want to? But I remember he said to me, he said, "Oh, did you watch that show on Netflix about the coaching?" And I was like, "Which one?" You know, we sat there for like two minutes scrolling through Netflix. He's like, "No, it was that. It was that one. Not was that one. Not was that one." No, you know, so there is loads to watch, even on the one, th- even if you only watch one channel or, or, you know, services, like there's so much crap to, to sift through, like you're saying. And I, I think I knew we were on a winner, Was we got lucky because uh, I was out shopping with my dad um, and I turned around and I thought my dad was distancing, but he wasn't, he'd stopped at the, the newsstand. And he's like, look at this, and it was like front page of the Sun, front page of the Daily Mail, front page of the Scotsman, just Gary O'Connor, you know, talking about his his mental health, and that's when I knew we'd kind of maybe hit, hit a, a good a, a good Venn diagram of the the demographics that watch TV. We've got the people that. will be interested in the tabloid newspaper stuff, but we also had the people that remember Gary growing up or they want to know more about what football was yeah, like. because we didn't really understand
0: as much as we're saying. Like, this is appealing to so many different people. You've got the people, the football people, you've got the ones on the outside that seen all the stuff that had happened. You've got people now watching it that were understanding how, why people go through this stuff. It was always like, oh, did he just do drugs? Because he had all this money you had fun and you take too many lines, you get addicted to it. Oh, no, it's because he's missing people. What we are actually dealing with now with this COVID the lockdown that people or the relationships are breaking down and people are feel, feeling really low. They're not gonna spend time hug Aye. people. And that's what happened to him in a way. It says it was going to the on the training ground and the manager I think was Serbian and he's got a translator or the guy. Aye. He says there's no after the the, mat, the training, sorry, when guys would maybe hook up, go play golf or go for a beer, especially in Scotland. But he says, we're all just going back to the hotel. And he's mm-hmm. going back. And even I seen the hotel next man I'm, I'm, I'm old, born as fuck. You know what I mean? I'm at that age too. Especially knowing your wee boy is back home. Was I killed him. You know, it was, it was just... a
1: wee boy at the time and then a and then, uh, wee Millie came along. It was Josh first and then Millie.
0: Yeah, and that's just right there. Is like like, now we can watch this and see, right, okay, that, that's why it's starting to make sense. And these are the things that we've got to realise why we've got problems with drugs and stuff in society and what we've got to do. And I'm, I'm worried. I was speaking to people just with the, they had the, the announcement of basically saying that things are probably going to get worse again. The, the old time the figures are terrible, new strains are coming out, and I'm like, I another thing and I'm like, God, it's Aye. just another kick in the nuts, man, and I can really feel that cloud coming on, like, people are going to be really struggling, and I hope people are doing their best, I've reached out a few people and send have them messages just, you know, talking, how are you doing? You, you have to, eh?
1: You have to, I've got, like, one pal that's always, like, you know, he's like, what are you texting me for? Like, so I'm like, just checking it. <laughs> You broke up with your girlfriend, and then the pandemic came. I'm, like, I'm fine? I've got my I've got my PlayStation. All right.
0: I'm just you know checking, me? just seeing if you're all right, mate.
1: All right. Sorry, I won't talk to you ever again. It's all right. <laughs> you know. No. I, you know. I hear you. Like oh, this is like madness. You know. It's. And I think that one thing that's that's happening, and I'm noticing that obviously the my circle is the more creative types. You know, kind of those creative types,
0: Brian. Eh? Yeah, but um, you're, they are suffering a lot more, mate, because that goes no on here. That I've had the auto work taken away.
1: Aye. Well, I listen You're one with Cammie Jack, man. He's a great actor and...
0: Mate, he's you know, a... Man. What a fucking... He's just that... We've spoken... He's just get a life force, man. He's just smiling, happy, as part as funny as it, man. Aye. Just a brilliant guy. I mean, we had well, Chris Riley he'd... on that's suffering as well. He's, he's getting yeah. quite passionate about, like, how they're getting treated and, you know, and certain industries are getting... They're suffering as well But they're getting more attention And more people helping It's just as funny as just Some people are Slipping down the cracks Aren't they
1: They are man You know I, I, had, a, I, I had a pal that Just before Pandemic He got a great Great touch My, my pal Callum Barber Fantastic actor And uh, he, he got a wee He got a wee Stunt on Outlander You know what I mean He was he was away filming Outlander For a couple of months Before that It was like Fantastic You know uh, Sat down To watch the show Like months later With his, his girlfriend He's like ah, It's my episode tonight. Watched that he was in the episode, in the background, because the cut out the storyline that he was part of, right? And he, he was gutted, he was gutted, and it was just simply because some of the other things that they needed to film, they couldn't film, you know? And so his whole thing was, like, just completely gutted. And it Callum... Massive a, actors. It There's does, just it Hollywood does. the guys
0: will be like, what the fuck, I'm being cut out
1: I know. Well, this is Callum, you know, lovely guy, hope hope he gets the opportunities from well, I'm, I'm filming a music video where I'm, was meant to be in a couple of weeks. It's now going to be the uh, start of February, you know. Uh, and it's like guys like that that are at the cusp, you know, that just, just need that push. And you're wee stint an outlander is going to do you well, you know what I mean? And it's, it's been taken away a wee bit because they can't build on that. Like, how he can't build on that for how he has been an outlander for the wee bits, you know, and he can't, he, he can't put himself out there for other stuff, you know what I mean? And that's what's annoying. I mean, for for Marcel, I do feel a bit limbo as well. I feel some of his pain because we we didn't get lucky. There was a couple of delays with the Gary show, which was nothing sinister, um, just the, the the way TV scheduling works. But that came out uh, in August, you know, so right slap bang in the middle of a pandemic, you know, when we thought that it was only a, a wee bit left and all the proposals had gone to the BBC like within a couple of weeks and they were like, really love what you're planning for a series let's let's push this through the next and final stage of the commissioning process but now we, we have to wait you know and it's like what would you do you know i've been lucky i'm a, my day job is as a broadcast television editor so i can do remote editing you know i can if i want to i can go through the glasgow or something which you know i'd rather not not do you know um just to
0: the way things are not just because it's glasgow I was well, just
1: awesome. going to say, and I'm, is there a wee bit of uh, rivalry here, oh, man? What's happening? No, listen, the best years of my life were in Deniston, mate. Two or
0: three years in Deniston.
1: East End, mate. Well. East, East End, man. Garthlin Drive represent. You know what I mean? But <laughs> uh, apart from every two weeks, when I had to throw a fucking couple of drunk Irishmen at my garden, I'm like, you're dead? <laughs> you know what I mean? So sh- <laughs> no one else in the block could come. It was always me. I'm like, this isn't fair. There's like 20 people in this block and I'm always the one dealing with this. You know what I mean? Um, but no, like... Uh, uh, you know, I I think that I'm lucky that that can happen. Other people didn't have that. But in terms of my directing ambitions, man, I, I think it's definitely affected mine because
0: I, I should be doing maybe more stuff. You know, Is that as what I say, you're I'm aiming to do. People, are you
1: 100, 100? percent, like, you a writer? writer you're a director. You're an editor. Is there something you want to know. find them all? I, I don't. I don't want to edit. Um, I don't want to edit in my my forties. I think I, I love editing. You know, what I mean, it's been my bread and butter. It's it's you know it's it's you know it's given it me a, a good life eventually, man. You know, the, the road to get here is to get to the stage where I'm at with it and, you know, where I can I can pick up good shows, you know, good good prime time TV shows, good money. You know, um, it's been long and hard. A lot of 30-hour days, mate. A lot of, you know, 10-day weeks, if you know what I'm saying, yeah, right,
0: to get to this. Yeah, because yeah, they want uh, everything. At that point, they want never done quick because it's all been kind of done. They're waiting on you. Aye. To get
1: it Basically, earlier. I and now I'm at the stage where it's like I can I can say yes to stuff, I can say no to stuff. Most of I say yes to stuff because you get the freelancer fear of m- missing out, you know. No, I
0: mean, but, that's your
1: uh, life. Uh, that is like your, that is your, life, man. You know, um, at least your talent, though, Brian. Man, I love your, I love your stuff, but um, I just wing it, you
0: know. But uh,
1: I, ha- I have to be honest,
0: same as you, mate. Doing it because we love it and we do it for a long time and we care about what we do, and I think that starts to show. Because some, some people maybe look at stuff and turn around and go, fuck, man, what are they talking about? I don't see it. But as what you said, <laughs> I connected with your work. You've seen mine. You sent that compliment. I feel good, man. And I like it because it's what I love. So when somebody else sees what goes into it, it just feels good. That's what it's all about for me.
1: Well, that's it, man. And I think that's the meaning of life is like finding something that that, that you love. And it's something that isn't it just something you love. It's something you can give back to other people and you can feel how they feel about something I, of course, man. Or, or no even if, even if someone's like Brian fucking hated that picture of the lock that you put up you'd be like why did you hate it and then you're having a discussion about that which is better than any discussion about fucking Brexit you know what I mean and uh, you know for, for myself I think in terms of the stuff I make I, I think I need to figure out pretty quickly what I'm what I'm making I think I need, I've I been told by so many producers to downscale some of my stuff like if uh, I don't know if you watch writer's blog but I mean that just goes everywhere um, I think it's a good wee short movie for the first 12 minutes unfortunately I forgot to write the, the next 3 minutes mm-hmm. and uh, just, just told the actors to wing it you know what I mean and most takes were them going but you know uh, at the end of it. But, but we've got a son and then I think the quiet that's why the quiet's a proof of concept it's not a proper thing it's, it's maybe taken a bit of pressure off me I'm like let's let's write something that's no too written that you can sort of like put your own thoughts into it as a viewer you know you what's she thinking? where's she coming from you know what what are these creatures like all about and you certainly see the world that that she inhabits, and I think that's kind of where
0: but exist exists you know. Is that is that a CGI? Did somebody create
1: no. that? That was created by two fantastic people. Uh, one of them who did the wings. The wings was a mechanical contraption. That was a, a, a <laughs> say my. I hate saying that. So goes oh my my editor on my director. <laughs> no, man, it's fine. You, know, no you got them in a kennel on the back. Like what you on <laughs> um, It's uh, a great costume designer called Frances Collier. She did uh, Writer's Block. You know, uh, well, uh, gosh, I, I wish you'd watched that one, Brian, because that one's like. That changes, like, genre every uh, oh, needs
0: minute. It, you know, I've, you've, I've got it, and I watched it, and I, it's just, like, balls to the wall. It's just, things have been so busy, and that's, even this podcast is suffering, you know, it's going, going good, and I'm I'm doing it every fortnight, I'm going to do it, and good. And <laughs> Same as you, what you said, you you nailed it as well, like, you, you get, somebody dangles a carrot in front of you, and, like, I've been offered a couple of good names to come on the show and it's fizzled out for whatever reason I'm just like fuck man I was like kicking the balls right there you know I've been and I'm a blabbermouth that's why I've got a podcast so I tell everybody oh he's coming on the show wait to you see this and then what? Like, what's happening you big dicks that guy coming on they're like no so
1: <laughs> no I had, I had to get some random walk on uh, Twitter you
0: know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> turns out he's nah, a third man, proclaimer nah, I was well chuffed man it says when I watched that I'm like yeah we've got something here but it's just it's just timing it and I'll go back and I will check out and stuff. It was even like uh, James when contacted him who was recommended by um, Mr. Jack. Hi. So I went in and, and he was good enough. he get back to me. He says, I'm up for that. So I watched his stuff and there's still some things I've not seen of his. I've caught up with lots of stuff. He's busy. He's got some cool stuff. James, he's got a real cool vibe, man. I, I just, he's got that. You can just tell he's from that neck of the woods. And... I'm hoping to see more from you guys, you know what I mean? And I'm sure you will. Just weird than our, and uh, you guys, I find it tough enough. Well, do you know
1: what? I'm I'm definitely in terms of like getting artistic stuff out out there. I'm lucky that uh, the Gary show kind of gave me an in with the, the, the program view from a terrace, which is. BBC Scotland sort of like alternative uh, uh, sports team. really good, sh- really good show. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's basically a couple of couple of What's lads called, on a, a,
0: a view from the terrace. And who's in this?
1: It's 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 a sports show, mate. It's a sports show. It's a, a couple of writers. They'll they'll sit and chat about things, but it's a, it's usually from the Premiership down, and we're focus on non old fun sort of and matters. Yep. And what they'll do is each week they'll get a v, what they call a VT director. VT stands for videotape. It's, it's an old term from back in the day. But if they were in a studio, like say they're doing the news, and they're like, right, here's Kate Adie in uh, Tiananmen Square. Oh, I shouldn't say that because that means you're never getting shown in China. Brian, mm-hmm. sorry. Well, like, here's Kate Adie, wherever she is, and someone in the studio will go, roll videotape, roll VT, and someone will just stick a tape and then press play at the same time that the news anchor will say, here's K8," So I do, I'm doing VTs for these guys. And, you know, I think my first one was a, a footballer called Daryl Duffy, who had the misfortune to be, uh, come up with Rangers at this time. He was a striker at the time. They had like Michael Moles and, and Tori Andre Flo and uh, a couple of other boys ahead of him in the, in the pecking order. He's now at Stranraer, but he's had this mad career. He's, he's gone all over the place. He's played in England. He's played in India. He's, he's now back at Stranraer. Um and then tomorrow, I'm, I'm I'm interviewing a former Hearts and Patrick Thistle player called Ryan Stevenson. He's got this amazing array of tattoos. I think the only bit his face isn't tattooed It's like his right cheek or something like that. <laughs> uh, and it, on his face, if you're listening, Ryan. And uh, uh, um, well, I mean, I don't know if he walks in, taps after the morning. It's like, well, we need to film it because that's what I'm contracted to do. So I'm, I'm lucky that that's I'm lucky that I'm able to do to do those things, you know, and I know there's people that aren't, aren't doing that, you know, a, a good mate of mine is a producer um, who produces some of uh, uh, James Price's stuff, actually. Dave Brown, you know, he's telling me about people that he's been developing stuff where they've been waiting for funding for, you know, years, some of them, and pandemics just shut it all down. And these people, like, they've, they've been relying on that money, you know, coming in and, and helping them out with rent and whatnot. So, you know, as Start for some people, man, and I'm lucky. I've got the day job with the editing that's keeping me going, you know, um, and I've been in demand a bit with that, uh, and I'm also lucky that I can obviously take the time as well to, to, to develop stuff, you know, albeit the quiet now is, I think, Jesus Christ, you know, I think we shot that maybe, what, November 2016, you know, uh, didn't release it. Yeah, well, that's it. Take, these things take time as well. That's the main thing. Like, there's no no hugely funded things those films i think writer's block was i think i'd saved i'd spent about five or six years saving money up and i think i saved up like 700 quid to shoot the first bit of it, which as i said is like deli- meant to be a deliberately video nasty-esque with a fake vhs effect so I didn't he switch it off in the first two minutes please that red camera cost enough that you need to watch it. Um, and then we crowdfunded, but even then, we, I think the final budget was like three grand or three and a half or something. And then the quiet, I, I, you know, I need to be careful what I say in case my wife hears me, but we put that on credit card and I think the budget for that was like a grand in the end. You know, so...
0: Really, mate? You know, I wouldn't... i know, I'm just... I'm not... That's a lot of money, obviously, but when you... If hopefully people start seeing some of your stuff. It's like... I was taking aback, mate. Honestly, that creature thing, like, that's what I was asking. Was it real? Was it thing, mate? Fantastic, man! The light, beautiful. The sound. They just, Aye. feel, just quite. The the only thing that kind of still does get me a wee bit is like obviously the girl, just get a cracking voice and that, but it's the Scottish accent a wee bit that still throws you because we're so oh. used to always being American, aren't we? Aye, English, no, I, g- least, I, get that, I get that, man. Like that. In
1: fact, just to, just to continue our tangent from about five hours ago, the the, the creature was actually. Um, uh, created by a, a, a great special effects makeup artist called Haley McKinline who's from, from over in Fife and Haley uh, Haley sat with me oh, I can't draw I'm crap at drawing so I had to these like printer-esque print boards and be shitty stick figures you know and, and shapes I'd literally draw shapes going, like the side of his head's like an L but bent she's like that's a curved line veto I'm like ah it's an L but it's bent <laughs> <laughs> I just can't draw I'm like, like honestly like Matt, right. when I draw a storyboard, it's all just stick figures. It's like the ah. worst game of hangman you've ever seen, right? And Haley's like, right. So here we go. This, this, that, and that. And you know, she drew. It was like a, a a photo fit. You know what I mean? It's like it's like this thing had mugged me, and I was getting her to draw it. And uh, and she and she's like, oh, so like that. And she got it. She got it right first time. I'm like, I just go with that. Let's see. Let's see. You did it, Haley. It's all right. Um, and then she created it. And then, as I say, the the wings were the mechanical device behind. When you see the wings go up. Um, it's actually Frankie is like kneeling right down, and as uh, the, uh, the actor, a, a lovely guy called Harley who plays the angel, as he sort of goes like that. He arches his back up Frankie's kneeling down like that, doing like a tricep curl kind of thing with yeah. her, with, with her elbows and getting the wings to like go up like that. You know, it's amazing. And then no CGI on that at all. I was like, let's let's do CGI for some bits. And then as I say. Andrew Donaldson, such an amazing effect. I'm going to go back
0: in and watch that specifically too. the opening ones you says that were created because that's something that even recently I'm just looking. and I started, it was like people, I was I photograph a lot of product photography and it gets, it's been recently these guys, there's more money getting invested obviously with online sales and stuff. So it's going to uh, designers and they're adding stuff or just even tweaking things that I probably, I've not got the time to kind of edit. Get paid for this to edit, and I'm doing really cool stuff. And I'm like, it's so cool. You can maybe take this picture and then add bits. And Aye. obviously, you can always composite. But these are actually creating something from nothing. And I'm actually <laughs> your imagination that's stopping you. And funny you said that. It's always things are just a lot of coincidences. So I definitely want to go back and check it because I didn't even notice. Well, do you know what? Like
1: I, I I'll, I'll be straight with you. Like originally, what it was was on the side of the wall. Was like a, it was like a. a, a Garish yellow uh, Design I had For like a car A uh, used car sales Or something like that And Donnie was like Ah fuck that Right off the way, I just, I just put the billboards up You know And uh, I didn't realise He'd like done it You know what I mean It's simply because I'm so bad at explaining things I said could you replace The billboard tonight? Quite I And I It's not quite exciting
0: When you see somebody As you said With the signs And the designs like, I, you come back and you're like Fuck man That's my vision And even taking oh, no
1: Mental, do you know what I mean? And we had a great, uh, we had a great colorist. He's done Writers' Block and he's done um, uh, the Quiet as well. Good Gav Livingstone, uh, who's at Cut Media in Glasgow. They do loads of like BMX stuff and Red Bull stuff now. Uh, and Gav just made the grade, grade look just amazing. like just amazingly. Alan pre-programmed the grade. I'm sure you're familiar with lots in your photography. Look yeah, up well, tables. that's
0: what I was going to ask. Is that something you do as well as an editor? No.
1: Not well, yes and no. It's like if I'm you doing smaller skills, yeah, I know. Well, I, I do I don't
0: do that and, know of it, but you can, you can do it if I gave you like, like, big like man, throw this. I, I, I've i done some video clips. Can you do it together? Is that something that you would then, like, uh, yeah, and it's like the what people associate Photoshop with photographs? It's your, you're doing the contrast, but in film, you're maybe adding a tint to the highlights and the shadows and making it, you know, give that feel if it's. Obviously, now they do the orange and blue thing all the time, don't they? Yeah. Oh, orange or teal. orange I, and teal. Orange and teal. Yeah, oh, sorry. I, I, yeah, I,
1: Everyone looks like uh,
0: fucking Michael Bay. You know what I mean? Yeah, just uh-huh. everybody rip off, but that's just like, it's because a lot of people, like I'll do work for clients and like, can I see the pictures? And they say, oh, but this? And I'm like, this is a raw file, man. This is flat. This is nothing, man. This oh, I hate is. that. But hmm. you're know, explaining to them, like, this needs punched up. That'll do this. I'll darken and lighten and I I've I, I just wondered actually. I meant to ask that. funny said, so you So you've got one guy that just does the, the grading, then?
1: I I know. It's actually quite
0: a I know
1: oh, that complex a question, but one that will either fascinate or bore you, depending on how I, des- I describe it. So basically, with, with with film filmmaking, what you'll do is you'll have someone like Alan, who's a fantastic cinematographer. and They'll put in a lot into your preview, so that when you're watching it, it looks kind of close to what you want. Yeah, feel for it. You get a feel for it, the and they also shoot, a RAW is shot at the same time, you know, especially if you're using red camera, you can shoot red RAW, which is basically like log, but for red, or RAW, but for red as well, um, and then you can have your grade as well. You you can bake the grade in, but only if you're a fucking idiot. Right, but anyway, so you'll be watching that in a preview monitor, you go, aye, right, Alan, nice one, Barry, bro, and then you'll you'll give it to someone like Gav who'll crank open, like, Base Light or DaVinci Resolve, whatever program you're using to colour correct. And they'll sort of just augment it. They'll put in all their power windows, you know, they'll put in all their their S-curves or or whatever you want to do.
0: Um, You know,
1: with the the quiet, didn't they really need much? Uh, There was one moment where like... Surprised, because it's
0: so fucking punchy, man. Is that the red camera?
1: That's the red camera. That's Alan's grade. But then that that uh, lot. But then that's that uh, which Alan programmed himself. It wasn't something he'd like downloaded or something off a of red red site. Um, he, he he did that. He's, he's amazing like that. And then Gav just gave it like bit extra touches. You know, he added. He did add wee sort of visual artifacts into uh, into some of the scenes, like extra bits of blur and extra bits of like uh, displacement in the image, just so you got how terrifying this thing is. You know. Uh, and obviously when you put that together with clear sound design and then Haley and Frankie's work with the creature, it's
0: all comes like, together, mate. I,
1: I'll even mention Hannah, the actress, Hannah McKenzie, like fantastic actress. And now I've said that and I need to mention fucking Tony, the, the actor as well. What a lovely guy he was. Uh, Tony's a, a, a comedian. He was recommended by a friend of mine, my friend Kim McCaskill, who's a, a comedian on the scene. She now writes for uh, the games industry, Kim, and she said, listen, this guy, Tony, he's, he's amazing. Tony's now a kids entertainer. And I'm like, well, the only drama hang you've been in is like this. You can't show
0: the kids. Show the kids what you're famous for, and they're like, <laughs> exactly.
1: We we got shown at the Glasgow Short Film Festival. Um, where or, was that great? That, that was fucking amazing, man. That where? was absolutely. Amazing. Oh, where was it? It was at the the CCA. I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm meant to say the old CCA. Now is it is it now? I departed,
0: don't even know. Mate? Is this through in Glasgow or? It was through in Glasgow.
1: No, we were shot in Glasgow. It was shot at um, oh goodness, what was it called? It wasn't out of the blue. I can't remember what it was. There were a lovely bunch of people that had this amazing building, uh, and it was basically it was all these offices and all these like art, art studios and stuff like that. And they were mm-hmm. like they were they were just lovely. They were like look, as long as you didn't walk on this part of the floor, which uh, there was no production design. I mean, there was there was a lovely guy called Manny who did it, but we walked into the room where we Hannah puts the phone down and all that. All we did was clear pigeon shit out of the way. You know what I mean? And that, that was it. We, as we it was, was up in
0: a, the wind, kicking the way out. St- 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 there st- I mean, you go. There you go,
1: man. Um, uh, it was so, I mean, Hannah's got the, she has this amazing long hair which goes down to her knees and she was still finding pigeon shit in it like weeks after, you know. Uh, and this, the, these guy. I mean, they were probably a bit too lazy for the location people. They were like, did I step on this bit because you'll fall five floors. And we're like, all right, all right, all right, all right cool. um cool. So insurance was a nightmare
0: on that, to be frank. But,
1: uh, you know, like everyone that came together for that was, was
0: fucking amazing, man. You need to you get know? me, see next time you're doing one of these things, when you get
1: me out and get me to do I some know. stills? Uh, listen, we, we need the stills on that one, because that was probably the last shoot I was on where I wasn't stress eating. You know what I mean? I'm definitely, <laughs> my. Uh, if uh, if you could equate my career with Marlon Brando's, I think we're quite far away <laughs> from streetcar. We're, we're closer to Apocalypse now than we are at streetcar.
0: That's funny, that's <clears> got <an> avatar <throat> into it.
1: Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> oh, no, so it is, thanks for spotting that, man. I think that was my emo phase about 10 years ago and I've never figured out how to change it again.
0: Yeah, I watch um, that every so often, man.
1: I, uh, do you know what? Like, every time I watch that, I'll be very lucky. The last two times I've watched it, has been big screen. Because I saw it at BFI about three, four years ago um, where they showed, uh, um, they showed the theatrical version. And then last year, um, was it last year? I can't what year been 2019. Marcel and my pals, we went to go uh, the the it's not really like an IMAX in Edinburgh. It's like one point five size cinema screen, and uh, we went to watch the uh, the final cut. Wow, nice!
0: Fucking the helicopter real, scene alone, man. You know what I mean? Oh mate, just uh, do you know? what, I
1: remember going to see that years ago when Redux came out. My, my cousin, um, he got a co- he, he got a couple of brownies in him before we watched, and uh, uh, that helicopter scene. <laughs> Uh, the cameo in Edinburgh on screen one were right at the front I don't know why you you decide to get baked and watch Apocalypse Now from the front row but he decided to
0: bake I've got something to say the first time I seen it I was 15 years old and I took acid to watch it
1: fuck that why would you do that to yourself
0: because I hung about older boys and they were doing shit that I shouldn't have been doing but it it was an experience and it still is to this day I'd seen her watch that like you're talking about like crews and stuff and i'm watching them. i'm like how big a production Mental. is this man just Ge- flying helicopters <laughs> the explosions the actors all the different like i just it's so hard to comprehend man that's enough famous italian name francis ford coppola, coppola
1: genius he's uh, uh, honestly like the, the the two of the boys i look up to scopola and scorsese man just, no, uh,
0: yeah, they're the daddies but- isn't they
1: yeah, man. You know, uh, I don't know if you've got Movie, the uh, curated subscription movie service, but they just have De Palma, uh, the Palma, the film, De Palma, which is about Brian De Palma talking about his career. He was another boy
0: that just, just did it. He just went I get and called it. that as well, but for a couple of clients, a couple of boys call me Brian, De, Brian, Quistone. Brian De Palma, because you got the crazy angles. I just, like, I don't know. It's just one of really <laughs> shit part of things, is it? Like you get the quality, <laughs> like I'll take that, man. Brian has been called worse things. <laughs>
1: De Palma, no, I, I, love, uh, I love De Palma in Scorsese, and now, um, especially after the Irishman, I'm, I bored my mates with how much I love the Irishman. I'm, I'm literally the only person I know that loved the Irishman You know me.
0: what bothered me big time because I'd wee bit, Like, see Robert De Niro putting that beat down in that boy. It just like, It's just always mad. the beat down,
1: it's always the beat because you're like, like, you're Mark you Scorsese. like
0: an old guy. Right,
1: but, it's, it's, his, it's his gammy elbow when he's doing uh, it. I was
0: just, I don't, I actually watched it, I just, sometimes I like putting stuff out there just to cause a bit of aggro so people talk, because I like talking, I like arguing and stuff, so <laughs> I just put stuff to wind people up, all right, definitely right. worse things, couldn't have been that bad, because I watched it all, didn't
1: I? Uh, yeah, I, you know what, I was so sad about it, man, I was so looking forward to it, I went to see it, and uh, I was working in, in London at the time, and uh, Usually when I'm doing it in London, man, I'm a bit of homeboy, a eh, eh, homebody rather. I'll, I'll I'll stay with my good old auntie Christine doing Bermondsey, and eh, I said oh, I'm going to see the Irishman, Auntie Christine. You want to come? Because you know I'll, I'll, I'll treat her there. I'll be art house treating now and again. And she's like, "Nah, I'm not watching that fight. Oh, no, <laughs> frina. Uh, listen, yeah, Christine can't hold it in for two hours. I'll be going to the toilet all the time. Nah, I'm not doing that. And so I went to see this art house cinema on my own and. Uh, it's like a wee 30-seater thing. and uh, oh, they're brilliant, man.
0: You ever I been to the GFT, the GFT? Aye. In Glasgow? Oh, aye. Oh, i seen oh, me and my pal, right? I've got two things. Kirk, who was on this show, he's the Rangers photographer. We're at college doing photography, and I'm like, mate, there's a, there's a new Kung Fu movie I want to go see. It's called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He says, oh, I I'm up for that. So <laughs> I went to the GFT, get sitting down man and the subtitles that came up and he stood up fuck this man I'm joking and I'm like sit down and watch it and he's like nah nah I'm not into reading what I'm watching (laughs) fuck that I'm off I ended (laughs) up getting it and then it was dead funny at the end he's like how good was that photography and all the fight scenes I'm like I told you and (laughs) then another time we seen me and my mate again still at college and he came up to see me and I says there's this Australian movie called Chopper and I'm like it's just getting good write ups and I'm just trying to see it so we've walked in one of the greatest fucking movies, just brilliant Loved the part of And there was an old woman sitting next to me when first started doing her knitting. And it was funny, you see the end of the movie, everybody stood up and gave it a round of applause. Of movie's just the uh, vibe and everything. Uh, and uh, I love it. Po- I, mi- I really po- miss the cinema, actually.
1: Aye, I do too. Brian, I do too. I, I feel like I the last thing we went to see was... Uh... Uh, <laughs> the last, last thing we went to see is a date night was Parasite which was fine but the last film I, talking about applause in the cinema the last film I went to see was uh, doing in London it was, <laughs> it was Bad Boys 3 and, uh, oh, and I got around applause in Bad then, Boys 3 well that's a you, you take away but I don't know why they called Bad Boys 3 Bad Boys for Life because it leaves on a cliffhanger kind of or at least on an ellipsis rather, not a cliffhanger. And you're like, well, because you know called it Bad Boys for Life. You've missed a trick, <laughs> you, you know. But uh, uh, but I you know I am glad that I'm glad that those are the two films I wait to see. Because you need your popcorn, you know, mixed oh, in with your I, caveat. I you popcorn, know what I mean?
0: Aye, totally, mean. man.
1: But uh, um, no, I like uh, uh, Crouching Tiger, I'll tell you, this is a really crude story, but I'll tell you about when well, I went to see Crouching Tiger. It was it uh, was in the Cameo Cinema in Edinburgh. I don't know if you've ever, ever been to the Cameo. It's it's one of the ones, the main ones for the film festival. Uh, if you remember film festivals, and uh, and basically they've got a wee the wee one you never want is the one next to the men's toilets. Cameo, I think it's Cinema <laughs> Three. So Cinema One's the big grand one that you know is is amazing. It's got the pillars and it's the they bring the curtain down. I don't know what they do it at the GFT, but they'll have the adverts and the trailers and they bring ah, the curtain down cutting, for a couple no, of yeah. yeah. days. Aye, they're, they're not doing that in the wee one I'm just like this is your film fuck off right so watching Crouch
0: you and
1: Tiger we can't stand right? for the toilet we're watching Crouch and Tiger and it to the end spoiler for anyone if you've not seen Crouch and Tiger you've heard your warning right you've, heard a <laughs> you've warning. had a 20 year
0: warning I to see it aye,
1: aye. so at the end when Chow Young fat he's looking up at Michelle Yeoh and he's like you know, I'm with, I'm with my last breath he does the dramatic pause. And in the middle of the dramatic pause, this boy goes, <laughs> and he goes, fucking hell. Georgie, it's not fucking for the last night, eh? And, oh, like, I love you. And this boy is like, fuck, no, I'm, I'm not coming out. I'll be here a while. And I, and I can't watch Crouching. I tried watching it with an old girlfriend, and I laughed at that bit. And I think she was my ex-girlfriend by the time I told her why I was laughing. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, even things like that, that's experiences I miss. You know, everything, had, ever had like oh, having arguments with people about talking, putting their phones on, you know, stuff like that, huh? uh, and just the communal experience of like enjoying something. I, you know, when, even when you watch something like like Creed Two, there's uh, the bit at the end of uh, uh, Creed Two. Uh, sorry if you if you've not seen it, man. Um, uh, can I spoil it is that alright not me of course go no, for man. it man at the end of Creed 2 um, Rocky goes to finally reconnects with his son and it's played by Milo Ventimiglia who also played his son in, in Rocky 6 and like just there's a couple of lasses at the front like
0: oh, you know what I mean <laughs> and it's like it's those moments like that that you just miss it, see, the, see all the movies the last like Sylvester Stallone stuff and his kind of Twilight years he's making dead emotional movies See, so you, yeah, like, you're rock, eating your Rambo's and stuff. You're like you're getting choked up and watching that man. That Rambo, I'm like, that was the joke. Like, who's gonna believe a seventy-year-old guy skipping about with a bow and arrow, running and hitting people in between the eyes? Man, it was amazing. It's I was gobs, like, man. was. So the man. He's an old one. He's I, a boy.
1: He's a he boy for us as daygos, man. I like him. Um, I I tell you, like he's 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 one of these guys it's that's, that's great in his own way. You can appreciate them. Ironically, but also there's a wee tragedy for his career because unfortunately it became big in the 80s because he had Rocky, which was great, you know, and then he had a wee fallow period where he did, he tried wee hangs like Fist. He's um, made
0: a lot of shit movies as well.
1: but But then he did First Blood and ma- my wife hadn't seen First Blood and we got it on a wee sale. It was like 99p and I was like, oh, I'm buying this, right? So we watched it and see the bit at the end, you forget, like, in isolation, that bit is like hilarious because he has an unfortunate octave jump when he's, he's finished telling the story about how his friend uh, got, got killed in Vietnam or in a bar in Vietnam. But when you watch it all the way through, you're just going, I'm feeling this, by the way. I, 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 get, I get where he's coming from and I don't know how First Blood, which is a very complex action film and deals with very complex issues. You know, then gives way to first blood part two, but it's like, ah, he's just blowing a boy up with an explosive arrow.
0: Ah, because he got into that—that that was the steroids phase, wasn't it? The the <laughs> the Rocky it was just—it was all about getting ripped and having big hair, man. i <laughs> I mean, take it wrong.
1: think me wrong, Brian. Like, I love Rocky four. You know, I mean, it's made, man. brilliantly edited. It's amazing, film. man. That that film was in the edit digitally to get that level of editing on the old steam bags Came with a have to like you know, cut it manually and glue it all together and stuff like that. That's it's not amazing. a
0: bad Rocky movie.
1: Uh, not, okay, and even the Rocky story. Of,
0: not. Tommy Morrison, right? The story of Tommy Morrison.
1: John Wayne's uh, grandson.
0: I think that is a bit. That's a bit dubious about that. But he, that his his story is mental. Uh, I was actually reading about Big Dolph longer than just today. He's like, wait, wait, To he's like, what was he? 63 He's get sixteen now. He's, he's engaged to twenty-year-old. That's
1: Dolph I mean, like, like, I'm like, Dolph's
0: a beautiful man. Eh? That's what I said I was telling my beautiful wife. Man. She says, oh, she's a gold digger. And I'm like, a nickel, man. He says, he's it's still muscly, man. Aye, hey, so... L- like, oh, That's that Scandinavian thing, man. eh? A, a big
1: Dolph. Like, do you hear that story about, about Dolph Lundgren's family? Um, it was, I think it was in, in Spain. Like, uh, the big man was away, and he'd been away for a while, and then his his wife and kids they got burgled, and the burglars tied them up ransacked the flat and just as they we were leaving one of them noticed a wedding photo and noticed it was Dolph Lundgren's <laughs> wife so they just put all the stuff back and untied the family and just left they're
0: like sorry oh, creeping out the back of it tiptoeing sorry tell the bigger
1: man we apologise like Aye, he's right. like no.
0: he's, he's get, he's university he's like an engineer man he's a fifth dan and some sort of karate well, man did you watch he's his TED Talk? he was banging Grace Jones uh, did you watch it? his what? TED Talk
1: he did a TED talk.
0: No, uh, what was that about? I'm not going
1: to spoil it, man. It's it's more emotional than you think I'll he talks it out, about man, he talks about his childhood and he talks about Grace Jones in quite quite a dryly dryly dry funny way. A
0: tough guy and stuff on him, man. He's, he's, he's brilliant, man. That, I, the,
1: I wasn't expecting it to be that emotional. I was like, I was, I, I was, I was watching this half ironically, and now I'm about to greet. Thanks, dolphin.
0: You're getting old, man. That's what happens. You, you get old, man. It's just like oh, I'm getting choked up. <laughs>
1: Do you, do you know what Alan and I, Alan, Alan McLaughlin, when we first met, it was uh, with, with, I'd done the first phase of writer's block, and unfortunately had to change cinematographers. And a mine said, "Well, oh, chat with Alan," and we ended up bonding over the, the last two Universal Soldier movies um, because they're aye, because they're uh, one. What's it, what's one? Is it Universal Soldier Regeneration? As, Van Dam, with Van Dam, aye. Um, but it's, and then it's I think for the you're Huff-
0: done with that, Michael J. White or something's in the second
1: one, eh? No, no, well, this is like, this is a way for them because I think they, they did the first couple
0: and then the, 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 they
1: went, let's leave it. And then they did something brilliant. They thought, let's redo it for the direct-to-video market. But they got in uh, a director called John Hyams and his dad is Peter Hyams, who did like Capricorn 1 and Outland with Sean Connery. God rest him. And uh, uh, he did, he, he, it was at end of days with Arnie, like quite underrated Arnie film, end of days. And uh, but he also is his own cinematographer. So Peter Hyams, this guy's dad, came on board as a cinematographer. And so as a result, this Universal Soldier regeneration just looks like the slickest direct-to-video film you've you've ever seen. Uh, to the extent I recommend watching it because can you it's, watch it as,
0: as a standalone?
1: You can watch it as a standalone, yeah, because you get what's happening. Um
0: okay, it's okay, it's I've never seen Universal Soldier.
1: Well, well, the first one's ironically funny. These latter two, they're like we're taking this shit seriously
0: and uh, I mean, out,
1: I, so so that has a there's a great bit where, where Dolph Lundgren kind of he, he forgets who he is and he's trying to catch his own memory and you're like uh, who, who's taught this guy to act because it's it's the best move this film's made is getting Dolph Lundgren to go in on the method and then there's the the latter films Universal Soldier Days of Reckoning which uh, bizarrely uh, the old director of the Edinburgh Film Festival on Twitter was talking about and I pulled her up about it. I'm like, really? Like, you're the director? I was a young lad It was like 2012 <laughs> or something. And I was like, yeah, really? You're, you're, you're and she's like, aye, well, actually, the Paris Review, one of the oldest uh, critical papers in the world, called it their film of the year. And uh, and I couldn't believe it. So I watched Universal Soldier, Day Reckoning, which is like the sixth one or something like that. And right enough, it's fucking great. It's actually a, it's a bloody good film, mate. You know, I recommend watching it. It's, imagine if uh, Memento Era... Christopher Nolan directed a script from Terence Malick and you're you're just about there, you know. But it's still a bit universal soldiers. Like I'm I'm not saying there's there's no schlock there, but if yeah, you can take anything I away from this. It's, one of the,
0: uh, that's one of the wee ones that somebody tells you, you know, like, I'm glad and I will watch that, it and you'll check it out. If and... you watch
1: Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren, they're they're supporting actors in it. And uh the, the great uh, English martial artist Scott Adkins, he's the main guy and he's he's alright in it. But it's how how rough and tough the film is, that it's a bit of a cruel film at first, and then it slowly unveils itself uh, in a way you might not expect. Um and there's an abs- and if you want action, there's an absolutely belt and throw down in a sport and goods store. It's just everything you can think of, you can play a sport where it gets thrown uh, uh, these two actors. One's a UFC fighter, another one's Scott Atkins. A-
0: Randy Couture,
1: is he in it? No, no, Big Randy's not in it. What's his name? Is yeah, it McCoff
0: a- I can't remember. I do to look it up.
1: No, I, oh wait. I think Bisping's in regeneration.
0: I know he'd done something, couple things. I need to check it. We can't spoil anymore, mate. I'm going to check this. I'm going to check them out. On They're, on. They're form
1: form. I'll tell you this. Like, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful, man. You'll need. You'll need to check it with your wife because my wife was like, she was ten minutes in, and she was like, "This film is. There's a lot of gore in this film." I was like, "Well,
0: well, listen, I You can watch my sheet."
1: <laughs> I, yeah I mean you say that she's on Grey's Anatomy Series 10 and now I'm just like oh,
0: ah, I miss a Series 1 as well but listen mate I really appreciate you coming on that was a fantastic Bye. chat uh, I'd like I, I definitely think I'm, I'm going to reach out to James and see what we'll do we'll, we'll need to get see you if it does well, well like,
1: like I say I'd, I'd send him a cheeky a, uh, like I say send him that email because I know he's been talking about Peter and McDougall and it just so happens that a, a parliament he gave me the uh, the Peter McDougall, I think it was a five film box set. Um, so we Jamesy can have a couple of the ones you were talking about there. Sure you am. know, uh, in terms of me being the best director in Scotland, uh, it's a wee cheeky wee hang. I think the best director in Scotland is a guy called Brian Ferguson. He's he's amazing. Check his work out if you can. Um, I don't know if Katrina McInnes. I don't know if her stuff uh, is available yet, but she did a fantastic wee short film called Howls. So check check that stuff out as well,
0: no, I mean, man. I because I'm, I'm actually making a point that I um, spend a wee bit less time on my phone and reconnect with books and movies again. And we have been watching um, a bunch of stuff with the kids as well. Watched some mad Australian uh, crocodile movie, just a popcorn number as well. Seen the first half, but the wee guy had to go to his bed. But um, yeah, mate, definitely tie in with you again. Um, get you back in the show at some point, mate. And you can give us some more recommendations. And Aye, you do you know
1: happen. what I, I enjoyed that man I think it's, it's like probably 5 to 11 you know what I mean I'm, I'm sure I'm about to be spoken to for shouting quite loudly yeah, uh,
0: right.
1: about Dolph about uh, five whiskeys in five whiskeys in <laughs> there we go um, but no listen Brian I do appreciate you having, having me on the show you know no, mate, it's, uh, it's it's been great to join the company you've been chatting to recently thanks man
0: no thanks very much mate and uh, take care alright mate nice one cheers buddy bye bye <laughs>